0: Now, you may not believe this, but the career path of every successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so let's talk about it today on Your Way to Work. So hi, listeners. This is Rick Whitted, and I am in studio with Tina Yeager. Tina, good to have you.
1: Nice to be here.
0: So Tina has been in the world of counseling um, for, gosh, two decades almost now.
1: Pretty much, yes.
0: And she is a a virtual life coach. You can find her at divineencouragement.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. So, Tina, I am glad to have you here. Uh, And so you and I have talked a little bit um, before the show uh, on some of the things I focus on in, in Outgrow Your Space and what I consider the core of that career values for P's of promotion. So I got you on. Here's what I want to talk about. How a person is really emotionally and mentally processing kind of where they are in life in the workplace. And I'd love to throw a couple different characters at you and just kind of get your take on those. Okay. So, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people in their career and they don't feel like they're moving. They may have been somewhere where they're doing well. They've been there for a number of years. But there's just this sense that I'm missing something. I don't feel like I'm progressing. I mean, I'd love to hear from you. What are some of the key questions they really should be asking themselves? Because often it seems like the career questions are really life questions, and we're kind of playing them out in the world of career. But I'd love to get your take on that.
1: There's probably more than one angle at play in that situation. First of all, it could be that they are demonstrating behaviors they're not aware of that Mm -hmm. are blocking them from being a good fit in the workplace where they should be. Or they could be in the wrong place. They could be in the place that's not meant for them to be in.
0: You blew my mind. Okay, so they're demonstrating behaviors they're not aware of. I have seen that so many times and the i'm sorry you just you you had me at hello right mm-hmm. out of the gate there so uh, talk about that a little bit because i do see the employee who may be exhibiting attitudes so you're saying they may not even know for example if they're having an attitude of entitlement feeling like they deserve their like talk about where their head might be there
1: I wasn't even thinking of an attitude of entitlement. I was thinking more of showing um, cues that indicate maybe they're aloof. Maybe they are judgmental. Maybe they're distant. Maybe they're difficult to talk to. Maybe they are unapproachable. Those kinds of cues can be a block to advancing in a career. They may be not dressing appropriately for work to show that they are the unconscious cues that you give, the way that you dress, the way that you stand, the way that you sit, the way that you present yourself. But attitudes of entitlement could be an issue as well. You could also um, have certain issues where you are displaying uh, aggression or sarcasm Mm -hmm. through your tone of voice and not be aware that that's off-putting. You could be using language that makes it sound like you're condescending to other people and not be aware of that. So there are a lot of things that can demonstrate an attitude that makes other people uncomfortable when you're not aware
0: of it. So how do you deal with that? So let's say I'm, I'm the manager. And I'm seeing certain behaviors displayed like that. How do you address that with someone who doesn't know they're doing it?
1: Well, you need to use the sandwich method as a good manager and play to the strengths of your people. Mm -hmm. So first you start with these are your strengths and I really want to see you succeed. A real good leader is all about having their employees succeed at their best level. That's your goal if you're a good leader. It's not about being more in charge. It's about empowering your employees. Those are your assets, right? Right. So you want to treat them like they're valuable and say, this is what value you bring to the table. And here are some things that I see that are getting in the way of your value presenting itself at optimal level. Your posture, your tone of voice. Certain things that you say are giving the wrong message. If you could change the way you present these things, you could optimize your productivity in the workplace and your connectivity, which is part of your productivity, would also be better.
0: I love that. I love that phrase. So if I were to say that in a different way a lot of your success in the workplace, in any place really, Mm -hmm. but if we're speaking specifically around career success, a lot of your success is connected to the relationships that you develop and uh, nourish inside of the workplace.
1: Yes. Your internal customer is just as important as your external customer. And if the relationships within the organizations fail, you will not be able to serve your external customer well.
0: I love that. So talk to the, the, the worker who doesn't know who their internal customer is.
1: The internal customer are the employees. Those are the people that make up the workplace. You have to address that first. If you don't deal with that, you won't be able to address anybody else. It always starts with you. It's the same analogy that we hear over and over again about putting the oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on somebody else. If you're not well and healthy within your organization, you won't be able to deliver a quality product or service to other
0: people. Are, are there outside factors that um, that could be weighing in on a person who's exhibiting those things?
1: Absolutely. And if your work does not serve as a supportive network for you regarding those outside factors, then you need to find additional support to help you through those. And,
0: and what... You know, you you've been doing counseling and, and life coaching for a really long time. Are are there some key sticklers that you see that really impact people um in the way they relate to others? And I mean I'm talking specifically about the workplace, but we could be talking about family, home, social setting. It could be anything. Yes. You know, are there common themes as you've worked with others? that really seem to be um, impediments to people in our culture.
1: How we are affected by our childhood experiences translates into how we deal with other family situations like our neighborhoods and our workplaces. So if there's dysfunction and trauma in the family, which is most people have imperfect families, and they don't learn how to heal from those experiences and how to do better, After they've come out of those, then they could transfer all of that negative behavior and woundedness into how they respond to other people and the expectations that they have from how other people respond to them. Some people are very suspicious because they've been wounded, and so they treat other people as enemies or potential enemies without realizing they're quite as guarded as they are. And that can impede relationships.
0: This is good. All right, so I want to throw a couple of things at you. So I am a worker going into the workplace, and I come from a background where my my and I'm just throwing a scenario out here now. But my parent, uh, my father, was very dominant and very critical. Hold your back up, stand straight. Why are you doing that? You know what am I going to hear when I am hearing my boss? in the workplace.
1: Well, people who have been through abusive background kind of situations in their childhood tend to dislike oppressive, domineering authority figures. Mm-hmm. And they tend to like dislike feeling helpless or controlled. So those situations they are going to resist those. And the individual will cope with it in different ways. Everybody's an individual. You can't say an abuse victim is always going to be this way because we're all different. And everyone chooses to cope with those situations differently. We're not just nature. We're not just nurture. We're nature, nurture, and choice. Mm -hmm. So we choose how we respond and cope as adults with the stuff that we were dealt as children. So someone could become more reticent. They could be shy, or they could become combative. It depends on the individual and how they choose to respond to that.
0: But I think the point of what you're saying is their background will have an effect in the workplace. That's so good because knowledge is half of it. It's just, if not most, of the battle. And if I'm hearing you correctly, Whatever we come from, our background tends to be the lens through which we're gonna interpret any and everything that's happening to us. How okay? How do we? How do we manage that? How do we deal with that? I'm in the workplace now, and I'm I have a boss who is. And this again, this is this is a scenario, listeners. But I have a boss who is not direct, They're not straightforward. Um, and my one of my parents were like that. They would They wouldn't tell me I couldn't wear something, but they'd go, "You're wearing that?" Mm-hmm. Right? And so based on what you're saying to me, when I go into the workplace, that that mother or father, the way they did that is in my mind, I mean, it's in my craw, it's in me. And I'm hearing that from my boss or I'm seeing that same behavior displayed from my boss. And like all of those feelings about my, you know, from my mother or father who did that, I'm now feeling that. Mm -hmm. So knowing the dynamic of that, how can a person possibly still handle that? In a way, that's going to be beneficial for them, uh, both their career, just their mental well-being. It just seems like that's almost impossible.
1: It's not impossible, but you can work on it. Anything can be worked on. We are people that can change, people that can choose. And that is the most wonderful thing about being a human being that we've been given, is that we have the opportunity to change to grow, to heal, and to become who we choose to be as we go through life. So if you have an issue that you're aware of, as soon as you become aware of it, there's your opportunity. I can grow past that. I can overcome that and become stronger from it and not become a prisoner to something that I'm not aware of anymore.
0: Yeah, are there some tactical things that you have recommended to um, to some of your clients in terms of? I don't know. We want to give any kind of medical advice or anything, but are there some tactical things that as you can do to navigate those kind of waters?
1: Well, be self-aware, and make sure you ask people once in a while. How, how do you, other people perceive me? Yeah. Ask those questions a, to find out how you're coming across. And think about how you respond to other people and why. How can you begin to look at other people with empathy mm-hmm. and try to understand them instead of judge them or fear them? If you're responding to someone in fear or resistance, ask yourself, is there something about me that is triggering that? Could there be something That's triggering that in me. And if there is, find a life coach or a counselor and work through that. You don't have to be stuck there. There's no reason for you to be stuck there. You you have the capacity for change and growth. So also you can be looking at, is there something with them? Is there something with both of us? I mean, that's a possibility as well and pretty high probability. Yeah, pretty high probability. Um, (laughs) But if there's something about them and you can't change them, you can change you and you can show empathy for them. And empathy goes a long way long
0: way i see two types of and i know we're coming up on the end of the show here i see two types of responses that hey and just to be full disclosure at some points in my life career i've i've done both of these that tend to not go over too well one is to avoid Mm-hmm. and and then the other is to just completely isolate. because I can still be there, but I can have avoidance tendencies. I can just avoid certain things. I can I can deflect with with, you know, humor. I can misdirect just by not being fully honest. And then the other is to just isolate myself. And it just seems like because a large part of what you just said was, you need to be self-aware and you really need the honest feedback of others. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't want honest feedback cuz it often hurts to hear. So any any you know as we wrap up this show anything that you can give us that would help us begin to go down that path.
1: Honest feedback and change are difficult and sometimes painful, but so is healing a bone that's broken.
0: Well said well said
1: you can leave it that way but I wouldn't recommend it yeah
0: yeah wow and there's so many people um, you can see them a mile away that there's something broken uh, and they are playing that script out right it's been a pleasure having you on Tina so where and how can listeners that may be going wow I'd love to get a hold of you and have a further discussion about me specifically how can they reach you
1: I would love to hear from them at divineencouragement.com or on the social links that I'm going to leave with you for your show notes. We'll
0: put them in the show notes. Okay. Tina, thanks. It's been great having you.
1: It's been a pleasure. Visit rickwitted.com for additional episodes and for booking information. Are your career decisions value-based or emotionally motivated? Visit
0: www.careerwit.com to find out. You've been listening to On Your Way to Work.